Hello, I'm Rich Blundell, the visiting scientist at the Mariah Mitchell Association, and this is the Nature of Nantucket podcast. This week, I'm speaking with one of Nantucket's premier photographers, Bill Hunk. You can see Bill's fantastic images and purchase prints at axscapes.com. That's A-C-K-scapes.com. To get started, I asked Bill to talk about how he washed ashore and then about the path of his career as a photographer. My first year on Nantucket was back in 2003, and I was recruited uh, to come work at the Chanticleer uh, on Island. I was working at a restaurant down in Naples, Florida, and uh, the maitre d' of the Chanticleer, I guess he goes down in the off-season uh, to some of the best restaurants and recruits servers to come up and work on Nantucket for the season. So that was my very first experience. I, he, he had a convincing argument for me to come, and I ended up coming up here with one of my coworkers. And it turned out to be one of the most difficult summers of my life, and it was also a summer that completely changed the course of my life. Hmm. And um, I, I didn't do much. I, I was just getting into, into photography back then. My, my dad bought me my first DSLR camera a little over 20 years ago. And uh, I've been in the restaurant industry pretty much my entire life since graduating high school. And um, I, I, I've always been the person, you know, I always had a little camera back in the 90s and whatnot, point and shoot, that I would take photos of parties. And my dad saw that and decided to get me a real camera. And that's kind of how I started getting into learning more about photography. And then uh, after that first summer um, in Nantucket in 2003, I moved to Pittsburgh to go to school at the Art Institute of Pittsburgh and the photography program, uh, wanting to get a bachelor's degree and um, ended up living in Pittsburgh for three years. I was uh, going to school full time, six days a week and working in the restaurant six nights a week to pay for it. And uh, after a few years of school, uh, looking into uh, what what it would can what 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 I would need to do to be able to get a bachelor's degree uh, in photography, and realized that it was another year and another fifty thousand dollars to do nothing but darkroom work, and this is right on the cusp of the consumer affordable digital age and I knew I would never be in a dark room again. So I left school and uh in a lot of student loan debt trying to figure out how I was going to get that paid off. I remembered that summer on the Nantucket where I made a ton of money waiting tables. <laughs> so wait, let me get this straight. So so you were not one of those stalwarts that thought that that form of you know developing film was going to stick around. So in other words you left school because you didn't want to have to commit effort to learning an arcane technique is that what you're saying uh somewhat yes <laughs> i romanticized it a little bit about maybe you know doing this and i can become a master of what's going to become a lost art kind of thing but i also knew you know shooting with my first digital dslr camera that the expense the time the the how much i could grow creatively with the media access to seeing my images and just the general trend of where things were heading, I just knew that I 
wouldn't probably ever work in a darkroom again. Sounds like Plus, a nice balance of your artistic and pragmatic uh, personality traits. <laughs> yeah, so I'm very glad that I got started in black and white film photography and I learned about all those processes because I think it helped develop my my eye and my patience. Um, but that being said, I have not shot a single roll of film since 2006. So uh, I think I made the right decision. Yeah. Well, you, when you can see the future that clearly, that's, is that the art form you really wanted to pursue? Or was it the whole, what we would call the phenomenology of photography, which is like to experience the world through the lens? You know, after that was trying to figure out what makes me most happy. Mm. And being in nature is what makes me most happy. And if I can figure out how to have a career where I am always in nature, then that's what's going to make me happy. And so photography was just a natural, uh, just, it just seemed like a no brainer for that. And, and I, um, you know, when I was going to school, I was a little bit older and I had a little bit different perspective than most of the students I was in school with who were just coming out of high school. And, you know, I knew that this is exactly what I wanted to do. And it was my goal to be the best at everything. I failed quite a bit, obviously, <laughs> but well, I always wanted to stand out in my classes. I always wanted to produce work that was different than what everyone else was producing, uh, work that was shocking, work that was um, not normal. So it really helped. It really challenged me to, to try to get creative in different ways. There's a lot to unpack here, man. Cause I, when you say that, well, first of all, the fact that you knew what you wanted, I think that's just such a gift, you know, like that and, and, and having the courage to follow that, that's just huge. And, and you're, and you're wanting to be in nature, you know, like I get that more than you, you can know. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> So I, I, I want to do some unpacking of all of that stuff because I think, sure. it's, I think it's important. Sometimes I'm just simply overwhelmed at the beauty that's around me that I just put my camera away and I sit down and I just, I sit there mm -hmm. and I just be in it without any distractions. Yeah, I totally sympathize with that. I mean, I used to be, you know, a DP of sorts. I used to do a lot of filming and I remember just being like so obsessed with frame, light, you know, scene clip whatever and eventually i just I, let's put it this way i got accustomed to saying no i don't i'm not even going to bring a camera because i want to be there anyway right. this, is, this is a great conversation for <laughs> maybe another different podcast so um but i love it so but but let's um let's let's return a little bit to you know you were talking about um your uh, your arrival on nantucket and yes can you just tell us a little bit about how that played out? I mean, how did, why did you decide to stay? And, 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 and what about this move to become a full-time photographer? How'd that come about? When I came back here that for in 2007, um, working at the Shauna Claire, I, I really didn't know anyone on the Island. And I, I have this very specific memory and it, it kind of reinforced my belief system. Um, and my philosophy on approaching life uh, it was it was Bastille Day, and I was there was a big party at the Shauna Claire, and I was in my you know suit just observing the goings on, and I noticed at one point a gentleman with a camera 
that was in there walking around, photographing all the people, photographing the events. And, and I was looking at him like, he, that's a pretty cool job. I started talking to him. His name was Gene Mann. And, um, you know, I asked him what he does and he said he runs this, um, blog and newsletter. He photographs cultural events on the Island and, and that's his job. He goes around to all the parties, all the galas, and he takes pictures of people. And I'm sitting there in the restaurant thinking that is exactly what I want to do. That guy has the life right there. He gets paid to take photos. He does what he loves. One of these days I'm going to be do, doing something just like him. Yeah. And I never expected to actually be doing his job, uh, <laughs> which I am now. It's, it's kind of funny how things work out. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I remember that moment was kind of a, a change moment. It's like, I, I want to work on Nantucket. I want to be a photographer on Nantucket. Uh, I'm going to do whatever I can to do that. And uh, like I said, all these years later, thoughts are things, right? I, I put it out there in the universe that I wanted to uh, work in, in the way that he was working in some capacity. And here I am doing that now, even though it's not where my passion lies in doing the nature of photography. Yeah. But I suspect that it grows on you, but also, you know, don't, you got to give yourself credit there that you didn't just put it out there. You kind of made it happen. You put yourself in it too. And you worked your ass off and you followed your instincts in a lot of ways and your passion, but also there's a kind of intelligence to what you were doing that I'm really interested in. I call that ecological intelligence, which means to understand the ecosystem that you're in, whether it's a swamp or a, an estuary or a culture of Nantucket. So mm -hmm. uh, I just find all that really, really interesting. And it makes a lot of sense. Well, I, I, I'm pretty much a go of the flow kind of guy. And I, I'm not, I take what comes to me, like when I was in the restaurant industry, I was doing a lot of food and restaurant photography, and I started developing those kind of skills of working with uh, lights and, and uh, working in fast-paced environments and working with sh chefs. And it, when I was in school, um, I, I ended up with the, uh, on the request of a friend to go photograph a... Uh, a party at a club. Um, it was, uh, he labeled it a, it was a fetish party and it wasn't really my thing, but I, I decided to go. His friend was a DJ and he, he asked me if I wanted to go take some photos with him and it was something different and I wanted to step out of my comfort zone. So I went and I, that I honestly, that one night changed the course of my life as well. Cause I was completely seduced by, <laughs> The, the colors, the, the piercings, the makeup, the, the lights, the freaks. I was in like a <laughs> photographic candy land. After that one party, um, the CEO of the company that I was shooting for liked the images so much, asked me to come back and shoot again. And next thing I know, I'm traveling all around the country with this group of girls doing underground, documenting their underground burlesque performances uh, in places like Vegas and D.C. and Baltimore and Florida and um new orleans also when i was i have a love of night photography i love 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 shooting at night shooting the stars uh now doing deep space photography but it was that love was born out of a necessity because when i was in school you know i was in school from 8 a.m till 4 p.m and then i was working from 5 p.m until midnight 
And the only time I had to do my assignments was when I got out of work at midnight. So pretty much whatever situation I'm in is, is what, I, what I like to, to focus on at that period of my photographic journey, I guess you could say. It's, it's fascinating. I knew I was going to enjoy this interview and I had a hunch that I was going to be fascinated by you and <laughs> you've delivered the goods. I mean, to go from a restaurant in Sconset to uh, <laughs> fetish clubs. Well, and, and, it was funny. <laughs> and, now, and now outer space. I mean, come on. <laughs> there was a period of time where I was the maitre d' of a fine dining French restaurant on the Nantucket during the summer. And then in the winter, I was traveling around the country uh, channeling my inner Diane Arbus, photographing the uh, outcasts of society kind of thing. It was to the point where it was even written about and published in, in well, Decanter magazine. We had our, our sommelier at the Chanticleer was a writer as well. And he saw that, that contrast and thought it was interesting and ended up writing about it too. Very good. Um, let's see what else. I mean, is there anything in particular that you want to expand on or make sure that gets said? Uh, I, I noticed one of, you know, you were interested in my philosophy and approach to making images. And, um, and I think that it's, it's very challenging uh, to take original photographs on this island. Because pretty much every square inch of this island has been photographed a million times by a million people over the years. So that's one of the other things that drew me to Nantucket too, is and, and referencing back to how I always want to try to do something that's not been done and, and, and be the best at something. Um, trying to find original ways to photograph things, like I said, that have been photographed a million times really keeps me on my toes out here. And uh, so it, it has me looking at a lot of different processes. Like here's a lighthouse, you know, how can I photograph this lighthouse in a way that no one's ever photographed it before? And that has me being more present in nature as well. Um, you know, seeing the patterns that are happening in front of me, observing the way the clouds are moving, the way the wind is shifting, you know, the patterns and the way the birds are flying. Um, all of that plays a big part into how I create my images. Uh, sometimes I get jaded too. I, you know, I, I, I don't know what to photograph. So, but I want to go out and I'll shout out to my housemate, you know, Hey, give me a color, give me a shape, give me a texture give me an emotion, just one word, and they'll give me that word. And then I'll go out and I'll try to photograph that word. And, you know, says triangles. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm spending the next three hours seeing triangles everywhere where I haven't seen them before because I'm fo hyper-focused on trying to find creative ways to photograph triangles in nature. Um, same thing with emotions. So give me an emotion. I'm like, how can I use that emotion and, and, and make a, you know, create a photograph that conveys that emotion. So that's, that, that's a lot of how my process works too, when I'm out taking photos. And I thought that might be. Yeah, that it's, it's fascinating. And it really aligns with what, like the work that I do as a quote unquote, ecological psychologist, because what I think is happening when you're, when you're doing that, is that these places are working on you in ways, you know, they're getting into you when you're in that state of deep, it's a kind of communion with place. You, you might be thinking intellectually about triangles or colors or things that you're looking for, but in the background of all that, 
this place, this island is getting into you in, in really, I think, important ways. And um, I think when you, you know, when you present your work then publicly, you're actually p- giving people an invitation to kind of participate in that too, through you as a, as a conduit. So again, I just, I'm just fascinated by the overlaps in, in, in what we're doing and why it's important in this moment. You know, um, and this is the kind of thing that I'm trying to explore even more at, the, at Mariah Mitchell because I think she was in some ways involved in a very similar kind of practice. Hers was more scientific, and, but she was observing. She was looking closely and deeply over time at, at a place in particular, you know, the Nantucket night sky in this case. But she was a full naturalist, and I just think there are just so many synergies between what you're saying and what we're trying to do at, at the Maya Mitchell Association. So I think it's a perfect. And, you know, photography, doing this kind of work isn't that far off with the scientific process and scientific research. You know, I'm out here, I do my field work. I go and, you know, if there's a photograph that I want to get um, that I know that's coming up with a celestial, you know, something in the heavens or weather event or whatnot, I go out and I scout the areas and I collect data and then I observe and then I record things. Mm -hmm. And then I look at those things that I'm recording and I experiment with those. And then, you know, I go back to the lab, which is my studio and I analyze these photos when I bring them up on the computer. And then I, I get, uh, and then I notice things in my photos, you know, when I have them blown up on the big screen that I did not see when I was taking photos in the field. And that, brings a whole nother level to how I finish the photos and, and then I publish. So it's, there's very, very closely aligned similarities between how I approach my work and, you know, kind of the scientific method as well. That's true, but don't sell what you're doing short. I mean, what I'm saying is what you're doing is actually, yes, it has all those rigorous components and elements like science does, but you're also maintaining your artistic capacity, your artistic vision your creativity, your imagination, all of those things are still present in a way that's not, that's, that's not as available to scientists. I'm not saying that scientists aren't creative and imaginative. I'm saying, though, that mm-hmm. the way you're doing it, it brings all of those capacities to the table as opposed to the strict scientific rigor. Again, and I think that's also conciliant with what the Mariah Mitchell Association can play a part in cultivating well, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, I, th- during the pandemic, I decided to teach myself how to do deep space photography and whether it was even possible with the equipment that I have. And uh, I, I did get into a little bit and I created some images that I'm extremely proud of. And I know that I'm going to be doing more work in this capacity. And although I haven't really engaged much with Mariah Mitchell Association or the observatory, I'm a very patient person. Like I said, I go with the flow and these things might come in time. And I, I look forward to perhaps doing some work in the future with, um, with my night photography and celestial photography and whatnot as well. Dude, let's do it. Seriously. I will facilitate that. <laughs> and, um, so awesome. Um, and I can see lot. I mean, we've also trying to develop the whole artistic side too. So, there are plenty of opportunities brewing this spring and summer for, for this kind of thing to happen. So um, yeah, I'm excited. Sounds like it'd be fun. I'm totally excited about that. Um, yeah. And there's just, I guess there's just one last thing that I, that I wanted to bring up in that sure. you know, since I've been here, I've spent a lot of time out 
out in the bush here, you know, like out, mm-hmm. uh, mostly out in Pulpus. Um, but, and when I look at, you know, your photo- the spread of your photographies, especially the, the axe-scapes, you know, the landscapes, I see familiar trees, you know, and I see, <laughs> yep. I've stood in the same places that you have, and, you know, I've seen it a little differently at a different time, but I feel a deep sense of connection that your photographs conjure up. To me so i just want to thank you for that i think you're really onto oh. something i think you're onto something really powerful and really important for our times so well that's that's one of the most meaningful reasons i i do photography you know the money the money is nice but when i when i hear stuff like what you just said when i know that my images are, are helping people you know recall a memory or, or a certain sensation or it just makes them feel good that's what keeps me going <laughs> well that and, keep, keep doing what you're doing because that's what that's what this this guy's getting out of it so thank you oh well, thank you 